Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I will not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your testimonies and I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. For I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, the accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I do not forget your law. Even though princes sit plotting against me, I your servant will meditate on your promises. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I called to you, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. And I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Give me strength according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. For I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, your statutes, and I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me, Lord, lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Take away from me the reproach that I dread for your rules, O Lord, are good. Behold, I long for your precepts and your righteousness, Lord, give me life. Let your steadfast love 
Come to me, O Lord. Your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for those who taunt me. For I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And I will walk in a wide place for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and not be put to shame. For my delight is in your commandments, which I love. And I will raise my hands towards your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your precepts. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This, this is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. But your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen on me that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your word. I entreat you with all of my heart, be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet towards your testimonies. I hasten and I do not delay in keeping your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I will not forget or forsake your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you. All who keep your precepts, the earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Give me understanding that I may live and teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your your word. You are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent, they smear me with lies, but I do not forsake your commandments. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, for now I've learned your statutes. The rules of your mouth are better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice, for I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous, and that it was in faithfulness that you have afflicted me. But let your steadfast love comfort me, According to your promise to your servant, let your mercy come that I may live. For your law is my delight. 
Let the insolent be put to shame, for they have wronged me with falsehood. But as for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you look to me, that they may know your testimonies. And may my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. My soul longs for your salvation, for I do not forget your word. My eyes long for your promises. I, I ask, Lord, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I do not forget your commandments. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? They have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. Your commandments, Lord, are sure. But they persecute me with falsehood, Lord. Help me. They have almost made an end to me on the earth. In your steadfast love, Lord, give me life. That I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You've established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. But now I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Lord, I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to do your word. I do not turn from your law, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, O Lord, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it that I will keep your testimonies. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your steadfast love. Accept my freewill offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. For my life I hold continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid snares for me, but I have sought your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. Incline my heart to perform your statutes forever, Lord, until the end. I hate the double-minded. 
but I love your law. Lord, you are my hiding place and my shield. I trust in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your precepts continually. You, Lord, have spurned all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you. Lord, I am afraid of your judgments. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servants a pledge of good. And let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. Lord, I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time, Lord, for you to act For your law has been broken. Therefore, I love your commandments. More than gold. More than fine gold. And I consider all of your precepts to be right. And I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, for I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your steadfast love, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me, Lord, from man's oppression that I might keep your testimonies. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. For my eyes shed streams of tears. For people do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You have established your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your word. Your promises are well tried and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but I delight in your commandments. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding, Lord, that I may live. With my whole heart, I cry to you. Answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you. Save me that I might observe your testimonies. 
I rise before dawn and I cry to you. Lord, I trust and I hope in your word. My eyes are awake before the watches of the morning that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord. According to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purposes. They do not live according to your law. But Lord, you are near to me and your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Lord, look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your words. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Lord, great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your commandments. I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commandments. Consider, though, Lord, how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoils. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times I praise you because of your righteous rules. Great peace have those who love you. Nothing will make them stumble. Lord, I hope in your commandments, oh Lord, and I do keep your commandments. My soul longs for your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies because my ways, all of my ways, are always before you. Lord, let my cry come before you. Lord, give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you, O Lord. Deliver me according to your word. My lips shall pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all of your commandments are true. Let your hand be ready to help me. Or let it be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Lord, let my soul live and praise you. Let your rules help me, for I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Psalm 119. You know, the first time I really ever spent time in this psalm it was the summer between my freshman and my sophomore year of college. I remember reading in 1 John 
5.3, I was just reading it, and it says, And this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and that his commandments are not burdensome. It was one of those moments where, like, I was reading it, and it was like God came down and just, like, flicked me on the head. His commandments are not burdensome. I remember reading that and thinking, God, I, that's just not true in my life. I don't see your commandments as, as an unburdensome. I see them as a burden. I don't like following them. I don't want to be following you. I don't want to be listening to what you have to say. I don't like your rules. I remember being deeply convicted by this. And so for the rest of the summer, as many days as I could, I spent just reading Psalm 119 over and over again because this psalm baffled me. It really, like, it, like I could not understand the heart behind this psalm. I don't understand how he could find such delight in the law of God. How he could find such delight in the word and the rules of God. I hated rules. I've always hated rules. How can he delight in them? How can he find joy in them? And so I spent that time going through that and slowly but surely God just cultivated in my heart a love for his word through that moment. And so when we were talking about uh, doing different psalms, I volunteered to do Psalm 119 and I wanted to memorize it. I wanted to memorize it first and foremost because I need it. I need this word in me. I need to delight in it. I want it to be just as it said that, I, that I've stored it up in my heart so that I would not sin against him. I wanted this in me. But, but I also knew that because of this psalm's length, there were a very few people in the church who have actually heard it the way it was meant to be heard, who have experienced the drama of this psalm, who have experienced the heartache of the psalmist, who have experienced the full scope and the themes that come from hearing this psalm from start to finish. And so I wanted us as a church to do this. And now that we've done that, there's just really just a few things, a few observances that I kind of want to point out. Because I think the psalm kind of speaks for itself in a lot of ways. So I don't really want to take away from what the psalm has already said. But the first thing that I really wanted, that really stood out to me, that I think we need to take away, is that the law of the Lord is good. The law of the Lord is good. It was probably about a year and a half ago, I remember uh, my wife and I were taking our kids to a restaurant to meet my parents. We didn't have our third child, so it was just me and Lauren and then Hayes and Kyler. And we were going to this restaurant. I don't even remember what the restaurant's name was because uh, kids eat free. And so we didn't care uh, what they served. They could have served us anything. Uh, kids eat free, so that was nice. Um, but we were walking into this restaurant. We, uh, were, I was talking to the hostess, kind of telling them how many people were in the thing. And then all of a sudden, I, I hear the fire alarm going off over and over and over again. I'm like, that's weird. Why is the fire alarm going off? <laughs> and then I look just to my left, and I notice that fire alarm thing has been pulled. And my uh, three-year-old is right next to it, looking very, very guilty. Looking <laughs> 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 stunned and shocked. Um, so uh, my poor three-year-old did what I think any three-year-old would have done in that situation and seen the giant red lever put like at his eye level and pulled it. Um, unfortunately, this is one of those fire alarms that the fire department actually has to come and turn off. Like, like th nobody in the restaurant, not the manager, nobody could turn this thing off. And so like, 
word spread quickly what had happened, needless to say. The restaurant was full, and so we took our walk of shame to our booth uh, to order our free food for our children and, um, <laughs> and just suffered the scorn of the entire restaurant because the fire alarm was on for 20 minutes. I'm not joking. It was on for 20 minutes before the fire department actually showed up, turned it off. We apologized to everybody, but it was just, it was just an awful but incredibly funny moment. Um, but, you know, and, and poor, poor Hayes was so, like, sad about it because he didn't know. You know, he didn't know what was going to happen. But it made me kind of think of, uh, of this moment because it kind of made me think of how God's perspective on how the world is done, how he interacts it when we screw it up, when we don't do what's supposed to. See, like, I know enough about the way buildings work, the way fire alarms work, to know that if I want to enjoy my meal in the restaurant and not have everybody hate me, don't pull the fire alarm. I know that that's, if I want my dinner to thrive and to flourish, don't pull the fire alarm. But my three-year-old didn't know that. He doesn't know that. And when I think of God's rules and when I think from his perspective as he looks down, that's kind of what he says. He's like, guys, I know how this should work. I know how it's all supposed to happen. And there's a bunch of fire alarms out there that I'm telling you not to pull because I want you to be able to enjoy this life. I want you to be able to enjoy this world. And we look at it from our perspective oftentimes and get mad at God for not letting us pull the fire alarms, for not letting us do these things that will end up leading to our harm, end up leading to just our, our, our downfall. See, God does not put these things in place to harm us. God has not given us his rules to hurt us. His sexual ethic is in the Bible, not for harm, not for oppression, not for repression, but so that we might thrive. He teaches us to be self-controlled because he knows that people actually function better that way. He teaches us to tell the truth to each other because he knows that that's how relationships should function. That when we lie, slander, gossip one another, it tears people apart. He knows it because he made it. He created it all. He understands how we're supposed to operate. And so his rules, when he gives those to us, are good. It is a gift that we have these rules. We need to see this Bible not as a hindrance, not as a burden, but as something given to us as a gift for our good. The law of the Lord is good. I think of it a lot, uh, so I'm a, obviously I'm a musician, um, and growing up, one of the things that I learned is music theory, something you kind of have to learn. Uh, well, you don't have to learn it, but I learned it, you should learn it when you're learning music. Uh, because it kind of teaches you the rules. And it's interesting, because I have uh, a bunch of kids now that will just bang on our piano. Like, it's, it's not pretty when you do that. It doesn't work the way it's supposed to. But when you learn the rules of music, when you learn that there's actually notes that interact with each other, that harmonize with each other, there's notes that you shouldn't play together. There's things that work. There's rhythm. There's, there's meter. There's, there's all of these different things that come together to form an incredibly beautiful piece of music. Those things aren't living and flourishing devoid of rules. They're living and flourishing because of rules. And I think that's the way the world is supposed to work. That's the way God's law is supposed to work in our hearts. 
It is given to us for our good. And that's one thing that I observed while spending time in this psalm. The second is that the law of the Lord is life. The law of the Lord gives life. See, because all of the things in this Bible are not just stagnant. This happens in the context of God's great story of his redemption. Of how he took us when we were born, uh, when we were created and made to be good, made in goodness in the garden. We fell from him and turned our backs on him. All of it is about him rescuing us. And so all of the rules that happen, all of the laws, all of the things that happen in this Bible speak to that redemption. They reinforce God's promises to us. God commands us to be generous, not because he just wants us to be generous, but because in generosity, we can see his heart. He was generous to us. He gave us something that we didn't deserve. He wants us to be kind to one another, to serve one another, because in doing that, we understand his heart. We remember that we needed somebody to come and serve us. We needed somebody to come in kindness to save us. And so all of God's law is meant to show the life-giving nature of his word. The law of the Lord is life. When this psalm was written, uh, it was probably written down after a long time of it probably being orally developed over a long period of time. A lot of these later psalms are that, and they were probably compiled and, and actually like put into writing either during the exile or, or kind of right after it during the time of Ezra. We don't know when it was written because it doesn't say. But that's what a lot of scholars would think. And by that time, if you know anything about Israel's history, they'd been through some stuff. They had just been exiled. So when they talk about being a sojourner on the earth, they're not speaking metaphorically. When they talk about being afflicted and being persecuted, when they talk about how they'd almost made an end to them on the earth, it's true. People had almost made an end to them on the earth. And the only thing that kept them alive was God's promise that he gave to Abraham. He says, I will make a great nation out of you, and you will be a blessing. And through you, I will bless all the nations. They clung to that promise. That promise was the only thing that kept their hope alive in the midst of affliction. The law of the Lord is life. It should give us life whenever we are are in this word, seeing God's law, seeing his rules, seeing all the things he's telling us to do, it should remind us that God saved us. That we were once far off but have been brought near because of his love for us. The law of the Lord is life. The last observation, and I think this is really the overarching theme of this psalm, is that the law of the Lord is our delight. The law of the Lord is our delight. It's funny uh, because we just naturally talk about and spend time doing things that we love. If you love football, like if you ever have talked to Zach Tolis for you know, more than 30 seconds, you've probably heard about the Denver Broncos. He knows everything about them. He loves them. And that's, that's great. He speaks about them. He learns about them. Like... It, if you have a favorite band or music, like you talk about them, you learn about them. You don't, it's not forced. You enjoy it. 
If you love tacos, you talk about it. <laughs> like, I could spend 30 minutes talking about it, but actually, that's not even true. I don't even need 30 minutes. Tacos Tawaro is the best taco place in Phoenix. Done. You're welcome. Okay? When you love something, you talk about it. You spend time doing it. Nobody's forcing you. Nobody has to force, like, uh, like Zach, to go and spend a 30-minute quiet time painfully looking through Bronco stats or what's going to happen. You don't have to force yourself to do this stuff because he loves it. He loves it. Guys, that's the way the Word of God should work. That's when it works best. You know, I think we spend so much time as a church trying to know the Word of God. And don't get me wrong, we should do that. We should know the Word. We should understand it. We should understand all the theology. We should understand the implications. We should understand all the history and stuff like that. But sometimes I feel like we skip a step, oftentimes, in our churches. And in our, even in our own hearts. Because I think our primary thing that we need to be doing is not necessarily learning the scriptures, but cultivating a joy in the scriptures. Cultivating a delight, cultivating a desire for the word of God. Because when we desire it, when this is our joy, when this is something that gives us so much life, when we are so happy in not only spending time in it, but living it out, I assure you all the things that we so oftentimes struggle to do, that feel so burdensome for us to do, will not be a burden but will be our joy. The law of the Lord should be our delight. This should be the thing that we orient our schedules around, orient our finances around, that we submit to, that we talk about with our friends. That is what this should be in our lives. The law of the Lord is our delight. And, and, and as I was learning this, I started to ask myself this question. And I'm going to put it before you guys because I think this is an important question for us to ask. And that is, what would this church look like? What would my heart look like if the law of the Lord truly was my delight? What would change in me? What would change in this community if this law was not a burden? If this law was not sought purely out of, out of rote discipline, but because we enjoy it? Because we love it. Because we see this as our life. We see this as our great good. What would happen in our churches and in this church specifically if the law was our delight? That's the question that I've been asking myself. Now, please don't mishear me. I do not mean that only when you're feeling it, obey it. That is not true. I think cultivating a joy in the word takes discipline. Okay? Just like cultivating a joy in music. I used to teach guitar all the times. I do not teach guitar anymore. But I used to teach guitar all the time. And I can't tell you how many people would just quit within the first three months because their fingers hurt. Because it's true, your fingers hurt. You're pressing down on these really, really high-strung strings. And it can start to cut into your fingers before you develop calluses. It's a really painful thing to learn guitar. But they quit. And they never develop a joy. They never develop delight in it. So yes, it does take cultivation, it does take work, but our goal should be joy. Our goal should be delight in the word. What if our joy was in God's word? What would change in our hearts? 
What would look different about our, the way we spend our money and our time? What would look different about the way we worked, the way we parented, the way we loved our spouses and our friends? What would be different in the way we interact with the world? What would change if the law of the Lord was our delight? Because I think from it, all of it, like the knowledge that we seek, the proclamation that we want, the hope that we need, would spring from our joy in God's word. Now the truth is, before the Holy Spirit does anything in your life, there's nothing you can do to your heart to make it want God's word. I'll put that out there. This is something that has to start with the Holy Spirit in your life, breaking you down and taking your heart of stone that you have and turning it into a heart of flesh. This is not something that you can will yourself into. This is something that God does for you. And so I want to close our time by praying for that for us now. Before we lead into our time of communion, before we respond in that way, I want to just pray that the Holy Spirit would begin to cultivate in our hearts, in the hearts of this church, a joy and delight in God's words. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we know, God, that we desperately need you. God, that our hearts want so many other things but you. Lord, that we oftentimes, because of our idols, because of the fickleness and sin in our hearts, Lord, we see your law as an enemy, Lord, not as our salvation. God, I pray that you would change our hearts, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and cultivate in our hearts a desire to love you. Cultivate in our hearts a desire to know you, to submit ourselves to you, to see you and what you have given to us, the great, the word, the fact that you have revealed to us how life can and should be. Lord, I pray that we would see that and rejoice. God, that it is through joy that we approach you, through joy that we serve you, through joy that we obey you. God, give us a great delight in your word and in keeping your law. Let it be fun for us. Lord, let it be something that we, we desire above all things. And God, we know that because our hearts are so full of sin, God, that that's not something that we can just do on our own, Lord. We need you. Lord, even if you have already saved us from our sin, Lord, cultivate in our hearts a desire for you. Lord, continually take away our idols so the way we might see the good in your word. Lord God, we love you. And Lord, we thank you, God, because your word is good and your righteousness, Lord, endures forever. Pray this in your name. Amen.